Welcome back to On the Horizon podcast, hosted by Jesse Sage and Melrose Michaels. First, thank you so much for becoming a premium subscriber and supporting our podcast. This is getting you extra exclusive, unheard, and unseen footage from each interview that we have on the horizon. First, let's dive in with Ramona Flower. We wanted to have you on and talk about body stuff, but it's actually interesting, like, now that I'm thinking about it and you went over your history to talk about, like, for those of, for people like lifers who've been in the industry like a long time (laughs) and done a lot of different types of sex work, like, our bodies, like, also change during that time. So I was wondering like what it's been like for you. I mean, you started as like a really young person. Um, you're actually still young, but like you started as a very much younger person. Um, what's it been like to like kind of come to your like sexuality and see your body like over a long period of time? Um, I mean, it's definitely been interesting and I, I, um, I have to be honest in that, like, it's not always easy to see yourself go through those changes. I think when you're really young, I want to say you take it for granted, but you don't have like the life experience to understand what like, you know, childbirth could do to your body or um, illness or an injury or grief or like just like any of the things that happen in your life. Um, And I think it's really easy to get caught up in that and to have to go through it, um, internally, like as a a woman or as a sex worker is one thing, but to have to go through it in front of like tens, if not thousands, millions of people and commenting and, and then also, you know, there's like the fan and client side of it, but then there's also like your colleagues and peers you have to hear, Mm -hmm. um, their thoughts and feelings and opinions about your body sometimes. And then it's um, like documented forever. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to see that, like that, like, I guess evidence of it, um, that mm. whole, um, history of it, which is also kind of cool. Like, I can't wait to be like old and like one foot in the grave and like, look back and be like, look at me naked here and here and here. Like, um, you know, maybe if you're more, uh, like a civilian or in the mainstream and you don't have that experience, like, I mean, I don't know, maybe you should save your nudes or something or take yeah. <laughs> archive all of them. Yeah. I, I think about that a lot about the fact that like, we do have this like history of nudes archive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and this, I've even had fans point out to me before, like not in the greatest context, but like, Oh, your boobs used to look so much better. And I was like, one offended, but also <laughs> they definitely look better now. Not like two weeks after I got them when I started camping. So like say what you will, but now I look human and before I looked wild. Um, but it's interesting to have the feedback. Yeah. Yeah. How has it been different? Like for you from like, fans and clients and colleagues because you brought up that those are two different like sets of people who you like share your body with yeah I think um I think fans and clients unless you like really set boundaries and reinforce things kind of just bombard you with their thoughts and feelings about things um and sometimes it's not always good or they don't know how to like articulate like a compliment yeah. <laughs> like a real true compliment um last night i have to tell you this this is so funny i had a client last night who said who was i had met him for the, it was the first time and he was like i've been looking at you for a long time i'm glad we finally did this and i was like oh you have that's nice like 
Okay. And then he was like, yeah, you know, now that I'm a little bit older, I'm like not into all the superficial things. So I thought we would really click. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, That's not the compliment like, he wanted it to be. Yeah. <laughs> and he's saying like, you know, I used to be into hot women, but now I've evolved. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> That's a perfect example of it. Um, and then I think like as much as like our colleagues and peers like want to be, you know, like idealistically these compassionate, supportive people, um, you know, not everybody has like really um, done the work as far as confronting their own like yeah. issues with body positivity or body like you know, body stuff in general. Um, yeah. and I think that can result in people, you know, commenting or just, you know, like just not being good allies to us in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that oftentimes within, within sex work, like it's not the clients in the, um, fans or even the producers or the photographers that have, you know, kind of, weird backhanded compliments it's like also like each other which is like it kind of makes it even worse it's a little bit stings a little bit more when you're just like when you get it from someone maybe you wouldn't expect it from i don't know yeah Um, so yeah yeah i have a i have a really good friend who i um i love she's great i'm not saying anything at all negative about her but this is like a perfect example like i've shot with her before and she's maybe 75 pounds lighter than me and the a clip that we did that actually is sells really well um when we first when we first edited it and finished it she was like i can't actually put that on my store because i look fat and i was like what (laughs) like and it was about her it wasn't about me but like I feel like when we have these sorts of like interactions where we're like uh where people who are like objectively much less fat for like this is just this example I mean we could take different types of examples who are like I'm uncomfortable with that because I'm so fat in it and I'm like wait what like what does that make (laughs) Mm-hmm. Me, yeah. you know, and I think that like I found this like a lot in working with like other models that their body issues often become like uh, you have to deal with those in your own body too, and I think that there's yeah. something that's like hard to do about that. Yeah, I feel that because I feel like when you're a bigger bodied person, you have to be like thin people's like emotional support people. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to handhold like my thin friends hands and be like, I'm so sorry that you're feeling uncomfortable in your body because you gained 10 pounds and you don't want to, you know, be seen as fat or you you feel like you're fat or you look like you're fat in this context. Um, Imagine how I feel (laughs) (laughs) grappling with it. Um, And I think that that's just like it's a it's a symptom of like the privilege in it and how like we all have to do the work and have to be allies mm-hmm. in it. Um, I definitely saw that a lot in the pandemic cause I saw a lot of like my thin colleagues, um, gaining weight, not having access to the gym, having their uh, lifestyle kind of yeah. turned upside down in a moment's notice. And, you know, 
it was very funny as like a bigger body text worker because you know I've obviously gained weight throughout my career and whatnot but I've always been a plus size performer mm-hmm. um, and text worker and there are a lot of thin text workers out there that can't imagine that there is a whole genre of a bigger bodied people yeah. mm-hmm. that not only like thrive in the industry and make money off of it um, but like make it their whole you know whatever so they like they don't even think about it so seeing that and then also like it's the reason that I still have clients that come to me that are like oh I really didn't think that you would see me because I'm a fat person or a disabled person Mm -hmm. um so it's like if you sit on your social media as a sex worker and chronically criticize your own body um then that sort of sends the kind of green light to other people that maybe you're going to be critical of their bodies. Yeah. Um, and that definitely seems to be the case. Um, so I think that's a really good, it's a really good point because, um, I mean, going back to like my example, like she wasn't saying anything about my body, but I took like, I didn't take offense to it because I'm, I can enough separate that like, that's not about me, but like, you're still getting a message about like, this is fat is bad, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that when we talk about our own bodies, I think what you're saying is really important. When we talk about our own bodies in negative ways, it gives like, um, it signals to other workers and other like clients and fans that you're critical of their bodies. Yeah. Because it it kind of puts your stake in the ground of this is my stance on this. And like that, that doesn't only get to apply to you. Something that you just said though, too, really struck me is that, you know, we're not supposed to be, or we're not here to be uh, thin people's emotional support humans. And that was really reminiscent of like conversations I've had with people of color who are Mm -hmm. like, it's not my job to guide you through this narrative and help you understand what is happening in this experience. And that, that was very striking Mm because I've never had that laid out that way which is so interesting Mm -hmm. it's been encouraging to me though like I've seen Melrose and I were actually just talking about this I've seen in advertisements in like popular culture like a a huge change like you're saying like with Kim Kardashian but also like just seeing and I mean I maybe see because I buy clothes at plus size stores and I buy lingerie at places that have plus size lingerie. So maybe algorithmically everything is like they're dumping to me, like all of all of that stuff. So I understand that too, but I do feel like, there's so much more like representation well, of like, like different types of Fenty. bodies. They're yeah. really good about, yeah, of running the gambit. And that's, I like that too. And also I had an experience recently and it showed me, and this is going to sound so strange, but I went to a website because I found laundry and Pinterest. I'm like, that's so freaking beautiful. I need it. Where do I get it? And I'm clicking around, clicking around. And then all of the models in the laundry uh, website were like plus size models and gorgeous and stunning. And like, this is what it feels for someone who's not the ideal body yeah. type to go to a website like, and be like, I don't know if this is <laughs> how this is going to look on my body. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like, duh, this is a fucking problem. <laughs> like, I get it. Like, I'm not, it didn't occur until I saw that and had that experience. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah, no, it's like reversed sizing yeah. out. Like when mm-hmm. they start at like 2X and you're like, well, it's, it's not a whatever. <laughs> um, I think like there's a few companies like, um, I won't even name names, but I, I know a few of the mainstream companies now are doing like, they'll have photos of like yes. the straight size and then the plus size. Mm-hmm. And then like they have a range and then they'll photograph different body types in it. So yeah. like you don't have to be like, what is that going to look like on me? Because yeah. I don't have yeah. that body. Like the, the body doesn't come with the, the laundry bag, <laughs> um, you know, which is a lesson to learn. 
Next, let's take a look behind the scenes of our interview with Jacqueline Harris. There's, I feel like there's so many sex workers who were raised in like really conservative religious traditions and just like talking mm-hmm. about like moving into sex work from these traditions and backgrounds is so interesting, I think. Oh, yeah. I I will definitely talk about that all day, every day. Like religion (laughs) wasn't, you know, it was and still is a very large part of my life. Um, I am still very religious. Mm -hmm. Um, And it definitely has, like I said, it has me questioning my beliefs and my upbringing. Sorry, I have like slightly runny nose. but yeah, it did have me questioning my beliefs and my upbringing. I'm like, what does the Bible say about this? And how does, you know, how does my God like feel about this? Mm-hmm. Like is being paid for it any better or worse than a casual hookup? Yeah. Right. Like, right. It's just like, it's, yeah. it's a lot I think that I think it's about. So, it's so interesting because even like taking away the religion part of it, like what I found is like in my experience, which is the only thing I can really like speak to is that we have like in our culture, all these ideas around like what this looks like and how seedy it is or like who it is that's doing it, who the people who are paying for it is. And then you go into it and you're like, this actually feels like pretty normal. Yeah. <laughs> it's very normal. <laughs> like it doesn't feel seedy. Like, like it just feels like a date, except right. that you make money. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, um, you, you get your occasional shady characters, but sure. in general, yeah. it's pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine you get those in real life, not doing it as sex work anyway. Like, yeah, like you, what do. Is, you know, the interest yeah. in sex work, you're qualifying everyone to agree to the terms before an engagement. And yeah. like, what is any different about that than talking about consent before having sex? It's the same thing. Yeah. Except you're, mm-hmm. you're using money as, as another tool or another qualifier. Yeah. It's interesting. I've told the story before, but I remember when I was in um, a student and I was, I had kids young. So I had my kids like in, um, I was already a mom when I was in um, grad school. And it was funny because somebody, this isn't funny, but he said to me, you know, you're really lucky because you have like, this is such a terrible thing to say. He said, I have affirmative action on hotness. And I was like, what does that even mean? It doesn't make any sense. And he's like, you don't have to be like as hot as like a regular woman to be considered hot because you're a mom. So the standards are lower. Wow. And I was like that there's, that's all kind of wrong. Like everything you just said. Is yeah. wrong. It's like a misappropriation. That's wrong of that. on so many levels. Yeah, everything about it was wrong. But I was like, wow, it's so interesting that you're like looking at me and trying to decide like how I fit in the hierarchy of like hotness and deciding that I'm already so far below because I've had a child. So therefore, like, yeah, <laughs> to, just, uh, to put value on a human like that is insane. Yeah. And then yeah. to like, use affirmative action for that it's like very bizarre the whole thing was bizarre but like i was like wow this is what people think of like moms like this doesn't even make any sense what an awakening yeah it doesn't yeah this is really interesting yeah so this isn't like a topic i've even discussed all that much or even come across but i'm also i'm not a mom yeah so maybe i I don't have any mom friends but (laughs) you're really mom friend um so i think like hearing about this and because people this is like I feel like 
lactation and stuff like that is almost a butt of a joke. Like that's what I hear most commonly is like when guys make fun of other guys and name strange or out of the box, non-vanilla porn, we're like, you like this, or you like this and they throw uh, it as a joke. Mm-hmm. But to actually understand that the, the fetish, I guess, of it all is really about comfort or about mm-hmm. like a nurturing figure mm-hmm. or all these other things that just humans need. Like it's yeah. so much more yeah. than what people realize it is. Mm-hmm. Oh Yeah. And some of them take it even further and they want like a mommy dom, yeah. like someone who's very comforting, but like try to tr- tr- like treats them like their child mm-hmm. and they, they love it. I do <laughs> some of that. I just said mommy dom. <laughs> I'm getting into it. Like I'm just getting into it now. I have someone who contacted me about a week ago who is mm-hmm. really into that and, and I'm it's- learning. It's fun. I mean, it's like fun because they're pretty obvious about what they want. So you just have to like follow in. And what basically what they want is like you to know what they need, you know? So the Dom part of it is like, I'm your mommy. Mommy knows what you need. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're going to do the things for me that makes mommy happy because you want to please mommy. Um, You want to please mommy and I know what you need, you know, and there's something really, I I get it. Like, I don't have that, like, I get the desire for that because like, who doesn't want to be like, to please somebody like Mm -hmm. to make, you know, to realize that like, to be praised. It's like, it's a lot about praise, but it's also like, they don't have to make a decision about what they want because mommy will tell them like what they need to do, like, like lay all of that out. It's a, it's a, like relinquishing of control and being like, just take care of me. <laughs> it's like a very natural progression. Cause even like with, and this is very uh, generalized given, but like the men, I'll speak for myself, the men I've dated or like the relationships I've had, it's like, you have your boyfriend and then, you know, he was taken care of by his mother. And then when you start dating him, you kind of feel a little bit of those roles where he's like, where's my wallet? And like, I know exactly where that thing is. And like, <laughs> you're cleaning the hat, like you're taking in kind of a step into their shoes. So it yeah. seems like a very natural fetish or like a natural thing it is yeah it is i like it i like it i hope i get more i hope someone will be like i'm down i like it it feels like very normal to me like i i i'm not a dom like i don't have a dom personality like i don't i can't do like the degradation sort of stuff but like mommy doming stuff like i can do that (laughs) i can degrade you all day i'm mean inside (laughs) i want to let it out (laughs) right i I do have a bit of a dominant personality uh personality so it it does i just slide naturally like ah it's perfect yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm a little i'm a little nicer because like like, society tells women so you know since the time we're born to like be polite and be pretty and like not and be quiet and look cute and all this and like when i get the the lane to like step in and be bitchy on purpose or like rude i'm like fuck you let's go (laughs) i've got years of that inside (laughs) Uh, well i mean i love it it's just i you know i have I have to be like in charge for most of my life. Like at home, you know, I take care of the kids, I take care of the house at work. I am a supervisor. I'm in charge. You know, I have a whole nursing staff, you know, to make sure that everybody does what they need to do because, you know, in my day job, it's life or death. And at home, you know, it's the way my household works. And so in sex work, when people want someone else to take that control, it's like, yeah, I'm in my element. (laughs) 
Last but not least, let's listen to the exclusive from our chat with Trip Richards. You know, sometimes in this in this interview process, in the way that I like mm-hmm. go about my job, I'll ask people like, "How has sex work like influenced or your sexuality or your relationship with your body?" And what totally. I hear you saying is like. I don't know because it's been like so tightly interwoven. They are one in the same. They are inextricable from each other Um, because, you know, sex work is such a a body front, body focused work. Yeah. We can talk about biz skills and marketing and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the behind the scenes all day. And, you know, you and I know what that goes into that. At the end of the day, sex work is body front. Right. And being trans is body front also. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think there's any trans people, myself included, who are just neutral about our body. You know, we're yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's a body. You know, we all have feelings about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, good, bad, or indifferent. But be, being trans is such a, an, an inextricable experience of being in a body, mm-hmm. existing in a body, trying to align with that body. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to have those two things going on at once, it's like, yeah, there's no way at this point for me to separate like who I am as a sex worker, who right. I am as a trans man, um, who I am, you know, just like what my mind is even at this point. Yeah. Like they, are, they are all the same. You know, it's That's so interesting that you say that. I'm obvious. I'm I guess maybe this isn't obvious to everyone, mm-hmm. but I'm not trans. Um, and I um, but sometimes when people ask me about like like on national coming out day, for example, mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with sex work, but just like, you know, sexual orientation or whatever. Um, I often think like at this point in my life, cause I've now been in this for seven years. Um, yeah. you know, I'm like, I actually don't really know like what I would even come out as. Like, I feel like <laughs> being a sex worker is like now so much like a part of my identity yeah, and totally. my like sexuality that I'm like, it's not like I'm this person and then I'm a sex worker. I feel like it's been so integrated like I, yes, yes. Either. I would agree yeah and so I think it's interesting and I don't hear that articulated like a lot and so I think it's interesting I guess you have to be in it for a long time maybe yeah, I'm a decade <laughs> in I'm a decade yeah in. oh yeah I then I think we're, we're all you know in that place where it's more than just a job like sure sex yeah. work is work yada 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 we all know that right. but like it's also such a huge piece I think of our own self-concept yeah. Um, yeah. probably our own self-confidence how we um, relate I, to the yeah. world like how we relate to the world, I think, is also different. It is. Totally. The lens that way. I mm-hmm. mean, sex work has given me those experiences of talking to people, interacting with people, being in situations that I never would have otherwise, like just yeah. opened up so many opportunities. And, you know, our lived experience obviously becomes part of who we are, part of right. how we perceive things. Um, without being a sex worker, those pieces of me would never have had a chance to even develop. Right. One of the things that was really interesting to me about my really early years when I did a lot of camming was mm-hmm. this idea of like, I thought about this so much because it was the first time that I was like, and I came into sex work much older than most people, but like, it was the first time in my life in which like I had to interact with my own image and yes. not only like interacting with my own image, but interacting with, it was like I was watching myself be watched you know 100 you're watching yourself be watched and you're seeing your <laughs> you're seeing yourself reflected back at you but you're also mm-hmm. seeing other people's opinions of you being yes. reflected back at it's you. a yes. very weird mirror <laughs> and and you're literally learning how to get like the best lighting on your butthole but i think like there's something so interesting about that and i was wondering like as you were going but you know i was you know i didn't have as nice boobs back then and you know i didn't have my makeup all done the way that i know how to do it now but like for the most part 
I was more or less like similar as I am now. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering like if you, except I wasn't as good at anything. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm wondering if you like what that was like and how the, you know, you're saying like, I looked, I looked very feminine first and then I looked very young and now I'm mm-hmm. like who I am now. How did that sort of like, I mean, I know like, I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this question. I think I um, know what you're getting at. The way that like, how did the, the view of your, the lens of your viewers change over time? Like, did that impact the way that you saw yourself? I guess that's the question. Yeah, totally. Because, because I was doing sex work through all of this transition, yeah. I always had the feedback, the repartee from people who yeah. were seeing me and that, you know, that naturally becomes part of who we are. You know, we assimilate right. those feelings, those, mm-hmm. those comments, those, those opinions. Mm-hmm. And as you say, you know, I'm literally looking at my face, at my body yeah. an inordinate number of hours a day. Right. Yeah. Like you can't be neutral. You can't be neutral about it. You can't, you can't just like ignore your bodiness in this industry. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's very much a sink or swim kind of situation. Like mm-hmm. some people would burn out at that. They would be disturbed by it. They would be just, you know, they couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was trying to think about how to even phrase it. And it's like the opposite of exposure therapy for us. It's just yeah. dumped in, yeah, you know, dumped in the deep end. And you have to really confront who you are, and also what people are making of you yeah, and, yeah. you know, that becoming part of who you are. So, right. you know, my experience overall, I would say, has been positive. You know, I've I've gotten the ability, I've gotten the, the privilege to figure out who I am and my own confidence in myself through that lens of the viewers, because I have been very fortunate. I have a lot yeah. of privilege that way. Um, but, but, you know, it's like all along the way has been confronting myself in like the most just bare primal of ways. Yeah, I mean, sex, I like you, you can't, you can't hide anything. It's just like, regardless of how I feel, I'm still out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it just feels super raw. Yeah. Very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. How wow. did like, um, do you have any fans who start, who've been fans through all of the trip iterations? Yeah. Who stuck with, mm. or do they change? Have they changed? That's a good question. You know, it's hard to like fully track it. Well, yeah. um, especially cause I've done like really different things, you know, yeah. sorry, I've got a cat walking into the computer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've definitely, I've definitely had like different phases that were like mostly webcam, mostly video, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so there's some crossover, some not, um, but honestly, I think that who I am and how I've branded myself has changed so much yeah. that, you know, the people who are into like, you know, the really baby faced version of me, who is a lot sweeter than my current version, honestly, <laughs> they, they might not vibe with who I am now. Yeah. Um, there probably are some of them out there and I'm, I'm grateful for them, but yeah. I definitely feel like it's a revolving door that way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that with that triggers in me, like my mind when you, I'm listening to you speak on this is that the, the part where people get burnt out because you can't not live your experience as a trans mm-hmm. person because that's your experience and that resonates with me with some of my black colleagues and creators who are like I can't not live this as a black person mm-hmm. I don't have to wake up and turn that off and like live it some other way exactly like, and viewers are always going to remind you of those things yeah. because that's what they're seeing yeah yeah, yeah. Very yeah we were talking about that yesterday I think it's been really like interesting um there's a way in which like what you're saying is like deeply resonant to me where like viewers will tell you like 
who they think you are. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like, this is what you do. And for, for me, for a long time, I was like, I, uh, it took me a long time to embrace the things that people were categorizing me as where mm-hmm. like, necessarily like, like, I mean, the most obvious one is that I often get like people will come, come buy my content or whatever, or even look at my pictures and try to like book with me and say like, I love BBWs. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, okay. You know? And I didn't like when, that first started, I was like, that's really weird. And now I'm like, well, I guess that's how it is. Um, and I guess we need to embrace that because whether you feel that way or not, the world kind of puts that upon it. you. And so I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's been really interesting be- for me because I, um, I don't know. Yeah. I had to grapple with that. To grapple bit. with that. To grapple with like, oh, what do people think about your body? They're going to tell you all the time what they think about your and body. And they're going to label it and, and have it be a defining thing for your brand whether right. you there, have like, any say in people, it. I've heard other performers say this and I think it's so true. There, it, somebody said, and I can't remember, I wish I remembered who, it was like, no, people will tell you what your brand is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. And then and I guess the as a performer, you get to decide, do we want to go with this or not? Yes. Right. Do I consent to this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you have any experience with that where people started branding you and you're like, no, 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 no. That is not my brand. Or did you feel like... Yeah. Oh, I mean, honestly, like I was saying, that happens all the time with the idea of me being more of a bottom or more of a sub, which the world assumes. And, you know, they assume it directly or they assume it in commentary, you know, in in the messaging about about a video. And I'm just like, oh, no, you're really not getting it. Um, So so that's that's been a huge thing where I have to keep like saying, okay, this is my job. I got to, you know, put out the content that people enjoy and people will pay for. But it's also like, okay, I got to find a way to keep subverting this because I need to be genuine to myself. Yeah. And um, that's that's always been something that I kind of, you know, waver on the knife edge there to say, like, how much do I just play the role and how much do I say, hey, wait a minute, like you as the audience may be perceiving something here, but it may or may not have anything to do with like, you know, what I'm comfortable with. Right. Um, And that's, you know, that's definitely a continuing evolution for me. Um, within the market pressures. Yeah. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this bonus footage from this episode of On the Horizon, and we look forward to having you tune in next time.